Has this problem ever happened to you? Have you ever been at a hotel and the hotel manager decided to call the police on you for no reason? This, this specific thing has happened to me four times this week. How do we prevent it from happening in the future? Well, it's called not being a, 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 I can't say that word on the radio. It's called, it's called this wonderful new product we have called hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer? Yes, hand sanitizer. It's our brand new product. It allows you to walk into a room, use the hand sanitizer, firmly shake the hand of the manager and say, yes, sir, I am a majority shareholder and you should not treat me in a negative light because I can ruin your life. With And you, and they understand all of this through the magic of hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer, the only alcohol that you should use before the age of 21. Correct. And for all those ladies out there, we have hand sanitizer plus it has moisturizing cream. And this can, and this wonderful magical product can be all yours for a grand total of $9.99. Four installments of $9.99 hand sanitizer may or may not work as prescripted. I am not a doctor and this is not a legally tested device whatsoever. Yes, thank you. Back to the show. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome back to the State of the Fandom. My name is Neil Fox. I am your president for life. The uh, person who has just returned from St. Louis, Missouri, and with me, as always, is my partner in love and in life, the vice president of time and space, Link Labrador. Hello, hello, this is Link Labrador, the eternal watchdog of the furry fandom, and your amazing floofy boy. So, yes, we just got back from St. Louis, and to start things off, we started the morning off with having the police call us for no reason. Yes, good job swatting us, guys. Real clever. Yes, please, I don't even know how you managed to find us this time. We hide very well. We're basically the equivalent, the furry equivalent of Where's Waldo? Uh, white with glasses? No! Just the yes! <laughs> Just the generalized concept of Where's Waldo? It's Where's the Fox Boy and Crazy Labrador? Well, to be fair, if someone wants to find us, they can just look for uh, gay stuff, and we'll probably be nearby. Well, if you wanted to find us, quite frankly, why, why, why would you want to find us? Second, this time we got swatted, not by any of you guys, but by the hotel manager. Let's tell the people what happened. I'm still processing what happened, but... What ultimately happened was the hotel manager was a little bit uppity because when you're up at four in the morning and trying to reserve a room, you may not have all your faculties intact, whatever that may be. Now, that is one way of looking at the situation. Uh, In my opinion, in my personal opinion, Uh, it had a lot more to do with the person working at the front desk who, you know, asked you for a form for another form of ID and then didn't copy it. Yes, she refused to copy it and she asked me, 
uh, she asked me, oh, do you want to use this form of ID, not this form of ID? I simply told her, you are the one trained to do this. You are the one that's been given the education on what exact steps your manager needs to see. If you can't figure that out, I'm sorry, you're, you're very poorly trained in your job. Oof. Well, true, but probably more harsh than she wanted to hear. You know, I don't particularly care. Get trained in your job or someone will replace you who is more competent. Because in this world, it is not good enough to be subpar at anything. Male or female or non-binary or potato, if you identify as a potato. It is not good enough to be subpar. It is not good enough to just say, oh, it's good enough. That is no longer acceptable in this day and age. You must be exceptional. You must provide exceptional service for yourself, if nobody else. Right. Take pride in your work, regardless of what it is. Even if it is something that is mundane, even if it is something that is boring, even if it is something that is unfun. Even if you just happen to be doing a job, you're sitting there, Make it look like you're doing something. If you're doing something, you're busy. If you're a welder and there's no work to be done, grab a paintbrush. Make it look like you're doing something. And people will come by and say, Oh, that guy's doing the greatest job ever. Here's a freebie. I have a freebie for everyone who has nothing to do with their job. Grab a clipboard. Grab a piece of paper. And just wander around and just scribble things on the note. On the on the piece of paper. Make it look like you're doing something. It's very funny when people start reacting. At the very least, you can get a little enjoyment out of watching the terror of your coworkers <laughs> that you may or may not approve of. This reminds me of a very funny story that I read a couple of years ago. So somebody took that almost exact same approach, okay, and was wildly successful. So, he was going into uh, basic training in the Navy. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so, this young man, instead of lining up with the rest of the soldiers on the first day of the job, uh, he stood aside with a clipboard. And the staff sergeant came up to him and said, uh, why are you not standing where I told you to stand? And he goes, oh, well, I'm in charge of the talent show. And this worked? And the staff sergeant said, Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Again, if it makes if you sound official and sound like you know what you're doing, people generally leave you alone. Apparently they teach this skill is taught very well in the Navy. If you look like you're doing something important, people leave you alone. Well, and and here's what happened to this young man. Instead of spending his weeks of basic training uh, swabbing decks and uh, doing drudgery and washing dishes, etc., he went around to everyone on the boat and asked them if they had a talent they wanted to show off in the talent show. (laughs) And what do you know? A couple dozen people were jugglers, singers... Knife throwers. Knife throwers. Whatever. Sword eaters. You know, the average people that show up in the Navy. Seamen swallowers. Hey, hey, this is going to go on the radio. 
cum swallowers? No. Okay. Uh, I'll have to bleep that out. But here's the thing. And here, here, here is what happened to this young man. Okay. Yeah. They had about two dozen performers in this talent show. <laughs> Go on. And the staff sergeant came up to him after the program and said, "That was incredible. Great job." <laughs> he got away with it and passed basic training somehow. He got away with it and got a commendation. What? How? By uh, yes and. Clearly. <laughs> some of some of the best yes and that I have personally <laughs> ever read about. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, generally speaking, friends, if, if you just yes and with people, uh, you can <laughs> you can get a lot of places in life. Yes. And. And or you could have the police. Called on you multiple times a year. <laughs> I, no reason. <laughs> I I would like to point out that my my wonderful partner, the Labrador, has the police called on him much more frequently than I have the police called on me. Now, to be fair, the times that I have had the police called on me is not zero, but. <laughs> Uh, mine, let's see, it was when we were trying to check in early, that's, yep. that's when it was, that's when the police were called on me, and I, I, I showed her the, this was a different hotel, a different stay, and I said, <laughs> again, I'm pretty sure it was St. Louis somewhere, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, but, uh, you know, I showed the person, here's my status as a premium member of the hotel rewards program. Here's the time that I'm allowed to check in under that specific tier. Oh, wait, that was Ohio. Okay. <laughs> right. I and remember that one. So, so yes, I have had the police called on me for showing a person a website that belongs to the company they work for. Not sure exactly how that happened, but uh, the Labrador... Should, should we should we tell them the story of what happened at the Goodwill? Oh, oh. Yes, we shall. Well, you see. I train dogs on a semi-professional level. I volunteer my time at different animal shelters. And I know a thing or two about service animals. Again, I know a thing or two. I understand the basic tenets of what it takes to train a service animal, and I know what to look for in a trained service animal. Sure. This lady had two service animals. A item fell on the ground, and the dog freaked out. I looked at her. I'm like, those are not service animals. I'm like, hello. Cute dogs. May I pet them? She said, no, they're service animals. I look at her and say, no, they are not. Yes, they are, and I don't have to prove anything. Well, here's the thing. They're not wearing any service animal vests. I can't fathom why you need two service animals. That is far above and almost in... I wouldn't say it's impossible, but generally speaking, having two service animals is not the norm. Well, I, I guess uh, she could have been blind and deaf, but if only, because then she couldn't have heard what you were saying. Well, you see, 
And then she said, I'm calling the police. So I fold my arms. I look at her. I smile and say, go ahead. Five minutes go by of this weird little standoff. And then she's just like, I'm done. And then I go over and then I tell her, you know, I'm an expert in the ADA as well. You don't know anything about the ADA. Nothing about the ADA. And then I took, then I look at my partner. Uh-huh. And then I yell across the room, hey, do I know anything about the ADA? While he's sitting in a wheelchair. Oh, oh yes, the Labrador, who used to be an elevator technician, uh, who had to install elevators for people under strict ADA guidelines. Correct. Oh, oh. yes, I'm sure you don't know anything about it. The person who, by the way, has a book in their house about the ADA and how to build buildings, specifically to code. Correct. That oh, and I have also built commercial grade. I have also built commercial grade ramps yes. to perfection of the ADA. And let me tell you, those commercial grade gr- ramps can basically support a semi truck. Wow. Basically, give or take. <laughs> They, 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 they were designed in the 50s and I'm pretty sure they took the design documents that you would use to build a personal bunker and just applied that to every concept of we need to over engineer this thing so it supports as much weight as humanly possible most commercial grade ramps support about 1500 pounds like per square foot or something it's pretty ridiculous what they're designed to withstand. Right. Well, they I mean, some... This. Right. Well, some motorized wheelchairs are super heavy. Yeah, that, I mean, that totally makes sense. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know anything about the ADA. Nothing at all. Clearly. Oh, and, and then we sat down, and then we just had a very loud conversation about it. In my opinion, it wasn't even that loud, but... Uh, it was a very loud building. There was... A lot going on. There was it was a packed crowd. Yeah. And then the lady walked over to the manager, uh, over to a manager. This man is harassing me. No, I'm simply informing you that. Ah, uh, I don't believe you. You know, uh, this reminds me of a certain fandom called the furry fandom that that doesn't really like to be called out on uh, let's say BS correct now sir having service animals I am well trained in being in various restaurant settings I have been a manager in restaurant settings I have been a supervisor in restaurant settings I am very well trained in knowing what to look for in a service animal and what not to look for in a service animal and yes yes by the way a restaurant can ask you to leave if your animal does not appear to do not does not appear to adhere to the guidelines set by the ADA. Yes, people can ask you if your animal is a service animal or not. It doesn't happen very often, but 
if the if the manager feels that there's something amiss or feels that someone's abusing this power in some way, yes, the manager can fact check you. They have to be very careful about it. They have to be relatively certain that they're in the right. Mm-hmm. And you have to approach this topic tactfully and carefully. Correct. Unfortunately, you see this at the airport pretty frequently. If people bring, quote, service animals, and they're like, you know, the dog is running around and barking, and exactly. like, it's clearly not trained to be a service. Like, or it's afraid of people, which service right. animals are not. Right. Or Cause, you just kind of treat the dog like it exists and you don't really care for the animal whatsoever. I'm sorry. Those who have service animals will just about kill to protect their service animals because their service animal means their whole world, if not their safety in, their safety in its totality. Correct. Do not mess with a service animal if they are wearing a service animal vest. Yes. Most service animals will have a vest that says, do not pet or do not approach. Yep. Every so often, you'll see one that says that you can approach, especially if the animal's in training. Yep. But, you Actually, know, if it's in training, you a part of the animal's training is to have other people approach it to become desensitized to anim- to people approaching it. That, part of the training is to have people come to it just to, again, it's part of the early stages of the training in general, but that is why in the early stages you see, uh, yes, you can, or it's a personal choice of the owner itself. Usually, if it's a dog, that, if it's a service animal you see frequent well, make a friendship with the person with the service animal, and then maybe they might let you pet the little fluffy thing. Granted, the little fluffy thing is cute, and we all agree that cute puppies are cute. Yes! Thank you for that incredibly long run-on sentence, my friend. That's fine. Um, so, what we are saying is, one... Please be honest about whether an animal is a service animal, because uh, there are literally people's lives at stake. And two, let's let's just not intimidate each other by calling the police. Right. Uh, that's illegal. I'm getting very tired of people trying to intimidate me with the police. It's gotten to the point of, oh, you're calling the police? Well, oh, you're telling me that I can... Oh, getting back to the hotel story. So, we go down to the lobby. Oh, my partner goes first. I get there second. And then, what's going on? Well, we're gonna... I called the police. You guys can go. And by the way, we posted all of this on our Telegram channel. If anybody wants to, uh, if anybody wants to see it. Uh, currently, the Telegram link is Telegram. Uh, it's uh, t.me, t, just the letter t.me, slash verified Satoshi, V-E-R-I-F-I-E-D-S-A-T-O-S-H-I. Yes. So, we get down, I get down to the lobby, the supervisor's standing there, and he's just like, I've called the police, you guys can go. Uh, so, 
quick tip for anyone who has had the police called on them or you think the police has called on you, call their bluff. Stand there and wait for the police to arrive. That takes the power away from the person who called the police. And by the way, the police are trained, so in an ideal situation, they are trained to be a neutral party. Now, unfortunately, police officers, just like any other human being, are fallible, so it's not always the case. But in general, they will be a neutral party. They are not on the side of whoever called. They are not on the side of whoever is being, you know, talked to or whatever. They are on the side of, okay, has the law been broken? Do we need to take somebody in? That's their job. And... In the vast majority of cases, unless it's some, you know, cut and dry affair, the vast majority of the cases, calling the person's bluff and waiting patiently for the police to arrive defangs their argument so hard that they're doing somersaults in their mind of going... Oh my god, oh my, oh my, oh my, now what do I do? This usually works! Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not being intimidated by these individuals is the best defense to resolving the problem peacefully and easily. Well, and in particular, in our case, in these multiple different cases when people have done this, We have done nothing to break the law. Correct. We paid for our room. Yep. We gave them an ID that was completely legit. It was was, uh, valid. It was ready to go. And they didn't copy it down. Yes. Like, this is not our problem. We did everything by the bounds of the law. And so, knowing that... We can speak to the police and say, all right, officers, thank you for... Uh, this is something that I strongly encourage people, is make sure, whenever possible, to be respectful in these situations. Even if the person does not deserve respect. Even if you're thinking in your mind, you know, oh, this person is a jerk. I don't want to have to respect them. Just, I- I'm telling you, audience and puppy yep being respectful to people generally speaking will de-escalate a situation well i am respectful towards people to some degree sure uh for example if you are talking to the police you are not required to answer their questions correct but what you can do is say something like am i being detained may i speak please thank you Something that you can say is, thank you so much for coming, officers. I greatly appreciate your service. What can I do for you today? Yes. Because you are showing to them that you are not afraid of them, that you have done nothing wrong, and you don't look guilty. Correct. If if the police walk in and you go, oh, oh no, oh, why are you here? Oh, God. You look guilty. Even if you've done nothing wrong. Here's the thing. We get the cops called... We get the police called on us all the time. Part of being a journalist. It's a Tuesday for us. 
<laughs> and people are shocked when we don't react to someone, to two very big men, each of them at least twice as big as me, walking in with guns. And we go, hello, officers. Thank you for coming. I greatly appreciate it. Uh-huh. They, the, the officers are like, well, great. There's no problem here. And the person who called them goes, oh, crap. Oh, no. What did I just do? I just used my biggest tool in my toolbox, and it didn't work. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, just 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 for the sake of, in a couple of months when we're protesting at BLFC and Anthro Ohio and AnthroCon and all of these furry conventions that have already banned us from attending. By the way, oh, banned you. They don't. They don't seem to know why I exist most of the time. I'm pretty sure they could figure it out, but. The point is, it is our right to protest on public property, is it not? It is our right. And therefore, if we attend one of these conventions and peacefully and non-violently protest against what we see as injustice towards the animals that Kiro and his friends have hurt... That is our right to do. It is. Again, when the police get called on us, it's just a Tuesday. Believe it or not, it's just a Tuesday for us. Right. So my point with this specific thing that I'm bringing up is furries. Go right ahead. Call the police if you want, because it will not help. Uh, I I will make sure that I call them in advance, and I say, by the way, we are going to be conducting this protest today, here at this time, at this place, at this convention, and if somebody calls you, we are more than happy to talk to your officers, but we want to let you know in advance that we might have counter-protesters. Yes, we might have counter-protesters. Now, getting back to the Goodwill story, the way it ended was very funny, very fun. The manager came out and started yelling at us, as all good managers do. Uh, Here's another tip of what not to do when you're a manager. 101! Don't accuse your customers of doing... Don't accuse your... Don't falsely accuse your customers of... Uh, just to just to bring the story up to speed. And our new segment. What not to do 101 as a manager. <laughs> Number one. Don't falsely accuse your customers of stealing things with no proof. Number two. Don't immediately freak out at the people that are having a conversation about the ADA in your lobby. Step three, don't escalate it to calling the police and then taking your phone out and going, I can do this too, I can do this too, I can do this too. That happened. Because we were recording in a single party consent state. Yes. That's that's important context for what you're saying because... Just saying holding a phone out doesn't make any sense. We were holding our phone out first, obviously, 
Yeah. Because any time that we are in a single-party consent state and something like this happens, we start recording. Correct. Uh, and there's another, there's just another freebie for you guys, okay? Check and see if your state is what's called a single-party consent state, which means you can record without the other person's direct permission. Yes. Uh, this is, in these states, it is perfectly legal to record your interactions with the police, and we highly recommend that you do so. Yes. And to continue that lovely Goodwill story. So the Goodwill manager came out, started screaming at all of us, plus the individual that we were having an interview with. He, the individual that we were having an interview with had retired, was independently wealthy, and for some reason just decided to ride around on a bike all day. Because honestly... What else is there to do? No, okay. seriously. The dude was alright. And then the manager comes over and screams at him and says, I know this guy. He's homeless. He's ho in the middle of his lobby, surrounded by probably 50 people. He's a homeless man. What are you doing? Blah, blah. He screamed obscenities and whatnot. And then I turn around and I snap on this guy. Because I have worked in Goodwill, and I know what Goodwill's creeds are. I know what Goodwill's mottos are. Be kind. Be courteous. Be polite. Basically, uh, it's a four-point creed, and it boils down to be a good citizen to others. Right. This guy was a manager. Oh, and Goodwill's and another thing that Goodwill is trying to do is end homelessness. Somehow. <laughs> end homelessness, but yet pay their CEOs $800,000 a year. I'm not exactly sure how they're uh, supposed to do that. No, their creed is specifically uh, stable living for 800,000 citizens or something. Again. Basically, they just put out a number and they say, oh, we're helping in some convenient way by paying our CEOs a ton of money and making sure that we get departments shut down. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother rant on its own. Getting back to what happened at Goodwill. So, I turn around, I get my phone out, and then I snap on this low life, this horrible excuse for a manager, and demand to know First of all, I demand to know where he gets off on calling his customers homeless individuals. I demand to know where he gets off saying this horrible stuff about individuals. It, uh, about people. Just absolute horrendous individual. Uh, words do cannot describe the levels of anger and frustration and sheer disrespect this man had instilled in the room that day. It was just... Y'all have to hear the audio. <laughs> I can't make it up and I can't repeat what was said. Not FCC compliant, let's say. 
Exactly. Not FCC compliant. This guy just went off, this guy went straight off the rails, became real vulgar, real quick. Real grade A material for a manager. Let's put it this way. So, we start to leave. I start to go. And then he races out, and he races out the door real quick. And he takes his camera out, and he's like, I'm going to film this. I'm going to film this. I'm like, I have every single fiber of my being saying, I must keep my cool. I must keep my calm. What I want to do is show this, show this SOB who's in charge. And then we just kind of drive off after that. Well, we had other things we needed to do that day besides talk to the police. Yeah. He may have called the police. He may have been bluffing. It. We didn't bother sticking around to find out. Right. Oh, it's almost like that gas station. Remember when the cops were called on us again? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I remember that all too well. When we simply, all we did was point out that... The door was not ADA. It was on the wrong side of the hinges. Yes, thank you for interrupting me. Uh, the door could not, in any way, be entered by someone in a wheelchair on their own. Which yeah. is incredibly illegal. Blocking off access to the restroom for anyone in a wheelchair who did not have someone to assist them to uh, to pull their wheelchair up about a four-inch step. Uh-huh. Again. So, we let this manager politely know that he was in horrific violation of the ADA. And this wasn't just some no-name gas station. This was a BP gas station. Correct. A, a, a gas station owned by the corporation... British Petroleum. Uh, by the way, British Petroleum, a company owned by, in part, British shareholders in a country where the their version of the ADA is so strict. It is wild. It's wild. When I visited the UK a couple of times, and like one time, I was I was going down on the subway. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay, where's the elevator? And I go down one elevator, and it, it's just a, it's 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 not even an, an entire floor. It's like half of half a floor, and yet there's an entire elevator for it. And then there's another floor, and you have to go down a separate elevator to go down these other floors. So they they went through the trouble of building two separate <laughs> elevators in the subway. In this specific subway station in London, and I was just like, "That is, that I, is crazy." I I approve of the dedication to disability access. This is just way over the top. I've heard over in Europe that they take health and safety very seriously, and clearly they do. <laughs> uh, in the UK specifically, they do. Yes. Uh, in large part because their healthcare system is basically entirely funded by the government. Yeah. And so if someone gets hurt, the government has to pay for it. 
And so it's much cheaper for the government to prevent accidents than to pay for people's oh, health care. Wait, wait, wait. They, they've heard of preventative maintenance? Oh they actually my God, what that? a concept. Uh, here in the U.S., it's uh, someone has to pass away before we can even lift a finger to figure out what to do. This reminds me of a very funny part of my trip to the UK uh, for one of the brony conventions that I went to. They said, uh, <laughs> 15 people. This, this, was a, this was a poster on the subway, okay? Yeah. The, the London subway, a city of I don't know how many millions of people, okay? Yep. It said something like, 15 people were injured last year because they didn't step on the tube correctly. Please, make sure to step on the tube correctly. Mind the gap. And I'm like, if 15 people hurt their foot on the New York subway, they would call that an excellent Friday. (laughs) If 15 people hurt themselves, yeah, correct. Uh, Try 1,500 plus three infant uh, mortalities, and then they might actually do something in New York. Did someone did someone give birth on the subway? Is is that what you're saying? Uh, in New York, again, dramatic things have to happen in New York for anything to anything meaningful to happen. Keep in mind, New York had 9/11, and it took them 20 years to build buildings that should have been up in a year and a half. Wow. Well, we are going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Ira Glass for NPR. Uh, uh, my name is Ira Glass. This is This American Life. Uh, our, our story today is in four parts. Uh, act one. Why do managers keep calling the police on us? Um, because we have a tendency of... Me being a freight train and you not being a freight train. And the manager does not understand how to deal with a freight train customer that has basically not worried, that basically just doesn't worry about the opinions of others when it comes to, at the end of the day, yeah, I I just don't care I just want my product and that product is a bed and you get in between me and that bed well them are fighting words and see see let it let me just let me just paint you guys a picture those of you those of you <laughs> listening let me just paint you a picture because I, I I tend to be a very goal focused person okay uh, hence my 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 uh, putting together and executing a, a, a multi-year plan of, of creating a documentary about furries, for example. Uh, but my, my wonderful Labrador yes. is more of a next thing focused person. Yes. So yeah, that next thing is a bed. Uh, don't get in between me and my bed. Let's, let's, let's just imagine, okay... Let's imagine that we're talking about something vitally important, like, you know, oh, uh, well, let's make sure that we get the, the rent paid this month, for example. Let, let's just, so, something very important, all right? Yes. And, and I'm, I'm talking with him about it, and I can just see, I can just see his eyes glaze over. Just, just, just like a, just like a, a beautiful, 
glazed donut. Just, just nothing there. And I go, oh, he's hungry. Oh, he's thinking about food. Yes. Got it. Okay, and, I, uh, and I'll have to say something like, dear, do we need to stop for food? He'll go, yes. I oh. hungry. I need nuggies. Exactly. Give me the nuggets. Give me the nuggies! Well, here's the thing. I know that there's enough money in the bank to pay rent. Take the interchange on the left. I know there's enough money in the bank to take care of rent. So I'm just like, it's there. It's in the shared account. Just deal with it. Well, my point is it's that... In the, it's in the account. Just deal with it. My, my point is that this has happened several times. It has. When I've been talking to you about something important, and, and you, your ears just turn off, you might as you might as well just have like earmuffs on, and and just a, a thought, like a cartoon thought bubble of a hamburger over your head. Specifically, okay, what is it with you and dogs and hamburgers? Because for some reason, every dog that I have ever seen, including you. If there is a hamburger anywhere nearby, their attention is 1,000% focused on that burger. Well, you see, I speak for the dogs. I am the, I am the Labrador. I speak for the dogs. I am the Borkax. I, I speak for the doggos. Exactly. I might as well be the next Caesar Malone. That's great. But... You see food. I hungry. I want the burger. So I acquire the burger. And then all function stops until burger is consumed. <laughs> I, I have learned this through long and difficult experience. Because here's the thing. I, I, I could be literally starving to death. And if I am thinking about why black holes are a four-dimensional object that can be described with only one... I can describe a, a black hole with only one dimension, Keep its right size, but it is a four-dimensional object. Like, the, these, these are the kinds of questions that I would gladly, gladly speak about for 36 hours at a time because I'm just that strange well you see I'm strange in the opposite realm of I can talk about something for hours at a time until it turns to food time <laughs> then I need food time because food time is food time and anyone who has dogs in the audience can understand the dogs don't care what you're talking about if they haven't been given their kibble See, this, this reminds me of one of my favorite videos on the internet, which is of Zeus the Stubborn Husky. And this wonderful dog was born with the husky stubborn streak. And apparently, according to the owner, he had been out of water for approximately 10 seconds. He had, he had drunk all of his water. And he attacked the bull. He proceeded to put both of his front paws in his metal water bowl and jump up and down on it like a tambourine. <laughs> I've met and go... Rawr, 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 rawr. I've, 
my dogs did something very similar. When the bowl was empty and they were frustrated the bowl was empty, it was on this elevated platform type thing. And they would take the bowl out, knock the bowl over, drag the bowl around the house <laughs> just a little bit. And we would go, uh, you need water there, Bob? Yes. Yes. So, so, so let's, let's just say... <laughs> Let's just say, uh, don't get between this man and food, or bed, bed or stuffed animals, dog treats, dog toys. Just don't get between me and food. Just don't. Just 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 don't. Just don't get in his way. Let that. There's. A, there you go. There, there's. A, there's a good summary. Just don't. Just don't get in his way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just don't get in my way, bro. See, and this is one of the reasons why we work so well together. Because the things that are important to you are things that I often overlook. And the things that are important to me are things that you sometimes overlook. And that's okay. Fortunately, different people have different strengths. For, fortunately, we have enough overlap between the things that aren't important to each other that we look out for each other for the important things. Correct. For example, for example, my wonderful doggo, as he was just saying, he helps me remember to eat when I am working on my, you know, website or YouTube video or whatever. And he's like, food time, stop computer, go make me food. Yes. Put things in the Instapot. <laughs> And make me food. I hungry. Yes. And I am trying to train him to feed himself. I greatly appreciate it. It is a difficult task. For for people who are autistic, sometimes it is something that is a big challenge for them. Uh, it's it's just one of those things, either you're born with it or you're not. You are either born with and the vast majority of people are, just born with okay. Uh, I, 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 I have a, I have a need to eat and it is not a problem. And then some people like myself are born with minds that race forward at a thousand miles a minute. And if food is not present in the mental architecture, it's left by the wayside. I'm pretty sure he would starve himself to death. If I wasn't around some days. I did, I did actually, I, I think I've told you this before, but I know I haven't talked about it on the show. I actually struggled with uh, being, uh, like, uh, being underweight when I was a kid because of this issue. Yeah, nowadays, nowadays I have made sure that in our undisclosed location... That we have a bunker under Area 51. A bunker under Area 51. That we actually have an excess of stuff. Just because, you know, stuff happens. Uh-huh. We've, we've covered these very pro principles on this radio program before. But prepping for unconventional situations, everyone else, guys, smarten up. Weird stuff's about to go down. I don't know what weird stuff, but California's currently, like, underwater, so. Good job, California. You managed somehow <laughs> to be both in the middle of a multi-decade drought 
and underwater at the same time. Amazing. You never cease to impress California. Oh, next week, next week is going to catch on fire. So they'll have fire, flood, and drought. Oh, my. What is going on? If there's anyone in California, reach out to us. What on earth is going on over there? <laughs> yes, we, we definitely need a California correspondent. Uh, uh, we have her right here. Her name is uh, Jenny Nicholson. Well, welcome to the program, Jenny. Oh, hi, Jenny. Uh, yes, please call us. We would really like to know your expose on My Little Pony and what's going on in California. By the way, I'm, I'm just joking. Jenny, I would love to work with Jenny Nicholson, uh, the YouTuber, but um, I, I don't know her personally. Uh, but uh, She probably knows about you. I mean, she was in the Brony fandom for many, many years. I mean, so she knows Torbid. Really? Oh, that's awesome. She was in Tor- if you remember Torbid's video, uh, the video about the ponies? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least mention Torbin. You know, I should reach. I should reach out to her via like email or Twitter or something, and ask her if she wants to be on our show about the uh, about the Brony fandom, because she has a lot of intricate knowledge of it, and she did a, that whole video about it back in the day. Yes, I have basically no knowledge of the Brony fandom, other than friendship is magic, and you can defeat Satan with. Magic and friendship, uh, pretty easily. Your average anime of we have magic, we have friendship, and now we can go beat Satan with magic and friendship. (laughs) Like every single Final Fantasy plot. Just you know, should this reminds me of something fun that we could talk about for the next couple of uh, dozen minutes while we're driving home, (coughs) because we have a concept for a children's television show that we would like to create. And yes. our our spaceship, our time machine in the show, will be powered by the dual fuels of friendship and chaos. <laughs> friendship and chaos? What? Discord's awesome. That's true. That's it's true. voiced by John Delancey. That's true. That's true. Uh, Discord, the character for My Little Pony. Yes, he's awesome. He's my favorite character in the entire show. You would like a character whose primary focus is creating chaos? I'm so shocked. He's a god of change. Yes. I like it. Oh, I'm also a follower of Zinch in uh, Warhammer. Uh, Agent of Chaos and Change. Yes. I like Chaos and Change. It's how we progress forward in this world. Yes. Chaos and change is the driving motivating driving motivator of new technologies, innovative technologies. How do we get something done when things have gone south? What do we do when things have gone south? How do you react? Right. Without chaos and change, you do not know how to react until it's far too late. Right. Well, and you were talking about prep uh like prepping for emergency situations a few minutes ago and this is a great example okay it is a simple fact that the only constant in life is change correct according to the buddha the only constant in life is suffering so i would argue that suffering and change 
are the really the only two things you can definitely count on happening. Well, the other thing that you can definitely count on happening comes from Benjamin Franklin, and that is... Syphilis! Death and taxes. Syphilis! Death and taxes. Yes. <laughs> Again, there are very few constants in this world other than equal and opposite reactions. And and here here is something that I would like our listeners in the uh, in the land of radio. I would love for them to give their feedback on this. And uh, you can go to our websites. Uh, the website for the show is neilfoxshow.com. So n e i l fox f o x show.com. And uh, there, all of our contact information is on there. So here, I, I just want your feedback on this because. I grew up in a very conservative family, okay? Very religious, very conservative. And as I grew, I learned many things about myself, and I developed a more balanced perspective of I care about how things were done in the past. I want to learn from history. I want to learn from the past. But I also want to look to the future and say, well, there's no need to be stuck in the mud about these things. Because if you're talking about, say, electric cars, for example, it is a simple fact that trying to fight against electric cars at this point is a useless endeavor. You are better off trying to push a rock up a hill endlessly. Electric cars are going to become the future. Now... Do I think trying to force everyone to have an electric car within 30 years is a sane idea? Uh, I've looked at the logistics capabilities of the United States of America and said, well, two and two equals two, uh, two and two equals four. And what they're currently trying to do is replace every single car in America with an electric car. Uh, we don't have the raw. We do not have the logistics capability to pull that off right now. So, it's a mildly insane plan. Mildly insane, just like us. <laughs> now, we've come up with a... We've prototyped a few ideas, and we have theoretical ideas of how we could possibly give everyone in America an electric car on top of... Step one. Modify every single neighborhood to be energy independent. Step two, have an excess of energy for every single state. Step three, then we can think about changing over every single car, every single tractor trailer, and every single building to electric. Somehow we're going to get all the raw materials to do that. Uh, not entirely sure where we're going to get all those raw materials, and no one else has thought about where we're going to get these raw materials. Thank you, politicians. Trying to tell... Uh, here's an excellent analogy. A politician is trying to teach a horse rider how to ride a horse. Nay. Exactly. Soul sister. Go ahead. So. It's a Jenny Nicholson joke. Sorry. Uh, so, let's, uh, let's go through these steps... Because this is something that I want to make sure that the listeners know. Yes. And this is something that I want their feedback on this as well. Yep. Because we want to make sure this plan is fully airtight 
and is able to be put into practice on day one when we get elected. Okay? Correct. So, step one is uh, creating the manufacturing capacity for what is needed. So, yes. things like batteries, the cars themselves, uh, and the charging stations all take a lot of energy and a lot of materials to produce. And creates, and also requires a lot of energy and materials not only to produce, but to maintain. Absolutely. A lot of energy to maintain all of that on top of the energy output of the factory or factories with an S to produce every single one of these solar panels giant batteries giant cars again are we mining asteroids for raw materials yet no why are we trying to do this <laughs> see the thing is people do not understand existential risk enough now we've talked about it before in the program but it bears repeating because it is important it is existential risk means risk to every single person on earth and when we're talking about pollution when we're talking about uh making sure that the oceans don't rise up by 50 feet when we're talking about making sure that everyone has human rights these are the kinds of things that affect every person Every single person is affected by these things. Yes. And so, if we don't all pull in the same direction, we as a species will fail and most likely not survive the next century. Like, this is a serious issue. Yes. And so, here's the thing. The thought behind it is a good one. Oh, yes, we're going to create electric cars and we're going to reduce carbon emissions. Well, great. How are you going to do that? What are the specific steps, Governor of California? What are the specific steps to get to all electric cars by 2035? Oh, you don't have any? We have to. We have to make sure that these old diesel-engined vehicles are no longer on the road. Well, hey, genius says the older diesel engines are far more capable of taking virtually any sort of fuel source that you could possibly do. Here's a thought. Instead of banning them, you produce more of them. And you just have every single car in America use a diesel engine and figure out a way to mass-produce a biofuel such as, I don't know, algae. Maybe we could start there. Oh, but but what? where would we ever find the space on Earth to put algae farms? Oh, I don't know. How about the ocean? <laughs> How about the ocean? How about on massive barges out in the ocean? They already put drilling wells out there. Right. We're, we, we, put, we put drilling wells out there at the cost of typically one billion dollars per oil rig you're telling me we can't spend a billion dollars making an algae farm out in the middle of the ocean uh i'm sorry but humans are good at coming up with novel solutions to problems and yes maybe a different solution for creating biofuel would be better for example another possible solution is a smaller biofuel uh biofuel reactor essentially biofuel creator that 
a person would have in their house. Or, alternatively, you can put biofuel reactors mixed in with solar panels, mixed in with natural gas, sure. mixed in with nuclear energy, and use a trifecta of different energy types because that is what it's going to take. You're not going to have 8 million wind farms. Not going to happen. You're not going to have 8 million solar panels. I'm sorry. Sounds cute. Horribly impractical. Next question. Right. With our current with our current engineering capabilities here in the United States, without China, we would be lost as a nation. We need China to survive. Why do you think World War Three will never happen, guys? Well, World War Three with China specifically. World War Three with China will never happen. China. I'm not going to get into speculative of world politics right now because quite frankly the entire situation with China Russia, Ukraine this new cryptocurrency that's apparently going over into China on top of the massive amounts of control that cryptocurrency has over that police state has over that cryptocurrency is on the magnitude of oh 1984 oh cute it's a to do list Oh, we did it already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I would like to see... I would personally like to see a world within my lifetime where everyone has as much food as they need, everyone has shelter, everyone has as much energy as they need, everyone has as much opportunity and education they have as the, the ability to create whatever life for themselves and their family that they choose. Correct. That is the world that I would like to see. What I would just be heartbroken to see is, one, cities flooded by rising sea levels, causing a humanitarian crisis of over a billion people. Yeah. Two, the planet becoming unlivable because of pollution. Why are we not fixing this problem? This is not a difficult problem. And three, one thing that I don't want to see at this point, I don't want to see half half measures, stopgap measures for problems and situations that we've created ourselves. Now, I've been po- I've been paying attention to what's happening in the House, the Senate, and the Republican and the Democratic Party. Uh, let's see. The Republicans have lost their collective minds and they're about as unified as a broken Twinkie. It's. <laughs> no, seriously, they're about as unified as a box of Dippin' Dots. <laughs> I look at it, I'm like, it took you 17 votes. You take. You know what? 10, 12, 14. How many votes was it? 19 last I heard. I I don't know if that's how many it was by the end of it. It took 19 votes to figure out who was going to lead them? And what do you know? The guy that everybody thought was going to win won the vote. Yes. So this could have happened on vote one, and it would have been the same outcome. Correct. Meanwhile, we have these clowns going, I want to be in charge. No, I want to be in charge. Mine, 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 
point, point. Meanwhile, the Democrat. Meanwhile, the Democrats are going. Uh, Joe Biden has classified documents and more classified documents. Where does this rabbit hole go? Does he even know where these classified documents? Apparently, they were sitting next to his Mercedes or something. They were just sitting in his garage with his car. So, so here's here's what we're going to do, okay? Because you don't particularly care about paperwork, and I don't particularly care about paperwork. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get that uh, that very very talented young man who we met at the Martin Luther King Library in Washington D.C., who is uh, one of the directors of the Library of Congress, and we are going to put him on our team, and we're going to make him the chief paperwork officer <laughs> to make sure that things get filed where they are supposed to go. Correct. Because this is just absurd. Come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, that, like, it, 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 take the documents and keep them in a safe place. This should not be that complicated. But, uh, but they're top secret documents. That's even worse somehow. <laughs> How, what, how about how about just you know an encrypted uh, an encrypted device that if someone other than the president touches their fingerprint to it 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 completely wipes its memory it's, it's something like this should not be that difficult I mean we can always keep the Hillary Clinton's very secure server rack as well oh yes we'll definitely be using uh, the HillaryClinton.com uh, email servers for our for our emails of course. Of course. Oh, and by the way, very suspicious, those hard drives went through. There were 17 sets of those hard drives, and they all managed to magically fail. You know. How strange. I'm not into conspiracies. I'm just going... Uh, You're not into conspiracies. I'm not into this. You're not into conspiracy. What are you talking about? I'm not into this conspiracy. Who, who told... Finish. Who told me... That he heard about a three-headed person interviewed on one radio program called Coast to Coast AM Radio. Me! What is Coast to Coast AM known for? Weird conspiracies? Yes! Well, if that three-headed human, if that three-headed individual ever hears this radio program, call out to us. Because either I'm crazy or you really don't want to be found on the internet. Because I've tried to find you. You you know that people can just call in to Coast to Coast AM and just say they have three heads, right? Again, if the three if you're out there, I would like to hear from you. Next question. Well, I'm sure that all six of their ears are listening right now to to what you have to say. Uh, yes. So. Getting back to our subject, we want to be able to fix these problems, and we have plans and details of exactly how to do it, and uh, the details of which you can find on my campaign website, which is fox2028.com, fox2028.com, and uh, on there we talk about a bunch of different proposals, including education, gun reform, all kinds of good stuff. Yes. Education, gun reform. Quite frankly, my ideas of gun reform are education, 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 education. And the simple fact is that 
that approach will solve most of the problems. Correct. Not all of them, to be fair, but most problems in the United States could be easily solved with education. Yes. You know, and they don't want to legislate guns out of existence. What we want to do is inform people on how to use them correctly, inform people how to use them effectively, and teach people on a federal level the laws behind the firearms so you can use them to benefit others in a safe, respectful manner. Because most people do not know the laws around using justified lethal force. Most people do not know what to do after you defend others. And one of the things that you are supposed to do when you defend others with lethal force is to put your firearm away and attend to the person you just mowed down, basically. Jesus, that's morbid. Okay. I'm trying not to make it morbid, but... I'm trying not to make it morbid when I'm talking about using lethal force. Um, contradiction in terms, much. I'm sorry, but what I'm saying is the vast majority of individuals think it's cool to open carry, but what I have personally witnessed looking at them and talking to them, they would not rate high as far as what to do afterwards. Right. Well, again, most people don't know what to do in a crisis. Correct. This is this is something that is vitally important, and, and, and this is something that I want to make sure that our listeners are well prepared, because the simple fact is the vast majority of people will have some type of major emergency at some point in their lives, even if it's 60 years from now, even if it's 20 years from now, it is helpful to have that information. It is not in it is not a detriment in any way to have the information ready to use when you need it. Correct. And in our case, emergency situations are kind of it's a Tuesday. Well, this this is what happens when you marry a journalist, my dear. Yes, exactly. It's a Tuesday for us. Yeah, I'm sure the furries are going to be very upsetty when you uh, are open carrying at our protest events. No, that's fine. It's it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. Oh, are we going to talk about Chris Chan at all? We are going to talk about Chris Chan. In fact, our second episode of our series called Predators yep. is going to be about Chris Chan and about the story of um, Sonichu. The, uh, the whole story of how Chris Chan became famous on the internet, and uh, the most recent story, uh, which uh, just happened very, very, sh- very recently, of uh, Chris Chan being arrested for uh, molesting their elderly, dementia-ridden mother. Yes. And, as far as I'm concerned, he's going to get all the love and attention He's ever needed in prison. Jesus. Uh, now, to clarify our stance on this, because I'm sure people ask when we put out the episode, 
Uh, I personally choose to respect the pronouns that Chris wants to use. Uh, Chris is a transgender female person, and so uses she, her pronouns for herself. Now, my wonderful puppy uh, has a difference of opinion, and that's okay. And my opinion is, he's a felon in prison who took advantage of his elderly mother, and as far as I'm concerned, he does not have a say in what people call him anymore. He's crossed a line, and he's lost all of my respect, and he will receive all the love and attention that he's ever wanted in prison. Did you hear that Chris Chan has become like a crazy, uh, like, uh, prophet or something where the Chris Chan thinks, (laughs) she thinks she's the reincarnation of Jesus Christ? (laughs) Well, he's not. Next question. Oof. Yeah, if anyone is the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, uh, it is not you, Chris Chan. Um, but yes, just, just, just a little tidbit for our, our viewers who are not, um, chronically online, like some of the younger people of the audience. So Chris Chan became very famous around the year 2008 by posting a comic, uh, uh, at the time he was using male pronouns. So I will refer to this, uh, version, I should say as male. Uh, he posted online <laughs> this comic called Sonichu, which is a combination of Sonic and Pikachu, which is definitely the most creative idea that Chris has ever had. Yes. He has. It, and I've seen this character fanfic. I go, uh, are you joking? Have you... You think this is a... Okay, it's a good design for someone just starting out in art. But this is not the final product at all. You, you can do better, and I expect you to do more with this character in the future. No, he more or less just kept it the absolute quite frankly uh, when it comes to artwork and it comes to artists everyone starts at the same everyone starts at the same level of yes it's bad yes it's bad yes this is a first draft everyone understands that you're not going to be Picasso the first moment you're not a savant at art. most people are not savants when they just start artwork sure it takes a lot of time, a lot of practice, a lot of effort. Fair enough. So, the artwork looks terrible. I haven't seen if he's updated it anytime soon. Uh, it has not changed at all. Oh, so it still looks like a cartoonish mess? Uh, it looks like a five-year-old with dementia drew it. Okay, I was trying to be... I was trying to give him a tiny shred of dignity. Well, let's just say that a person who designed a... a, a, designed a necklace of their character called a Sonichu medallion and wore this medallion 
all day, every day, including whenever he would go out in public. Uh, Let's just say that that person has no respect left. And this was before he molested his elderly mother. Well, after that, you really have no respect left, and I'm sorry, you're a sir. Again, like I said, for the for the current version or for the uh, for the part of the story where Chris has transitioned to female, I choose to respect the pronouns, not because I respect Chris Chan, but because I respect my friends who are transgender and prefer to use whatever pronouns are appropriate for them. Now, it is up to you whether or not you respect those pronouns or not, but I do like not. I said, that's that is my decision on that. I do not respect his portrayal of his pronouns. I do not respect the fact that he pretends to be a woman when he's taking advantage of his elderly mother. I'm sorry, if you're going to be trans, you're going to be respectful towards others. Right. Well, and not just trans, but everyone. Everyone Everyone needs to learn to respect each other if they haven't already. Yes. Because let's just let's just point out, okay, that there are some aspects that we can all agree were better in the past. Yes. Such as people respecting each other. Correct. Like this is this should not be a controversial thing to be like, no. you know what? Why don't we all work together and make compromises so that everyone gets part of what they want instead of everyone getting none of what they want. Correct. Now, I'm not anti-trans at all. Right. But there are certain level there are certain aspects of respect that all members of society need to uphold. Otherwise, I'm sorry, whatever you say is going on, uh, I'm sorry, you you lost me at Albuquerque, and you wound up in prison. I'm sorry. Yeah! You took advantage of your own mother. I'm sorry, you violated your mother. You have no respect in my book. No respect! No respect at all! You have no respect. You get what's coming to you, and if nobody wants to respect the fact that you're trans, you know what? You deserve it at that point. You've earned that badge of honor. Good job, Chris. Wow. Did I did I ever tell you that I actually met Chris Chan once? Ah, uh, you did. Yes, at the infamous uh, Too Many Games convention in Pennsylvania a couple of years ago before the, uh, <laughs> before the uh, <coughs> prison sentence. Uh, we we happen to be at the same convention, so that that's a fun uh, that's a fun story that we'll tell on the show. But oh yeah, uh, so uh, also just to clarify for any of any any people who uh, who haven't heard of it yet, our our show Predators is going to be talking about people who have been accused of taking advantage of other people. Yes. So this could include people who are cult leaders. This could include people from the furry fandom. This could include people like Christian, who 
are part of various different fandoms, but, you know, not particularly a furry. Who took care, who, uh, took advantage of your elder and mother. That's a big no-no in my book. Uh-huh. Uh, and, 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 and here's the thing. Here's the thing. What people need to understand is that our goal is to seek for the truth. Yes. So there may be some cases where we look at all the evidence and we say, we are not sure. This is unconclusive. Or we might look at all the evidence and say, yeah, oh, wow, this is worse than we remembered. Yeah. Or this is worse than we first thought. That, that's really how I feel about the Christian story. Like, the farther you, deep, you, the farther you dig down into the story, the more weird and crazy and, like, just off-the-wall absurd that it gets. Well, it's like the Furry Valley thing. That oh, God. Furry Valley and <clears throat> Chris Bryan. Yeah, the owner of the server. The owner of the server. Uh, yes. We are working on those stories as well, and... It's events that I personally went through, mm-hmm. personally witnessed. Yeah. So I have a very whistlebl- whistleblower-esque take on the situation. My lovely partner only heard about it secondhand. Mm-hmm. I, I did actually have a conversation with uh, Mr. Bryant or Symbolion. I did actually have a conversation with him at one point. Uh, he was... I'm trying to remember how we started the conversation, but anyway. Um, the, uh, that's, that's pretty much the only connection that I ever had with it. I, I was never, like, a big, uh, uh, a big user of Furry Valley. Well, I was an admin. I made friends with all the other admins. I knew what was going on at the top. I managed to work my way, basically, a fly on the wall into the inner circle and... Really started to know what was going on and went, yeah, I'm going to go make my own decisions on this. Mm-hmm. Wound up getting banned. And that was the worst decision Chris Bryan ever made. Good job. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let's say peeving, just to, just to be FCC compliant, but pe- I... peeving off an investigative journalist is a very bad idea. Uh um, crossing swords with a freight train such as myself I have I have grown up since then I have become better educated since then and I have become uh, vastly less empathetic towards abusive behavior since then Right. I, I get the impression. I, I get the impression that you used to give people more benefit of the doubt. I did. I gave people more fe- benefit of the doubt because that's kind of how I was raised. And then I worked through ridiculous situations at work, in the real world. And, yeah. you know, working with coworkers and seeing, you know, a slightly brighter side to things. Mm-hmm. Nowadays... Unfortunately, I don't see much of a brighter side of a lot of things anymore. Thank you, COVID. Thank you, hospitals. Thank you, seeing uh, people pass away on a damn on a almost daily basis for a while. Yeah. 
that has colored my world view to a little little more let's make this place a little brighter because all I see is grays and blacks let's do something about it well this is a great topic for us to end the show on because we again we've talked about this before but we are going to be talking about it many times in the future <clears throat> the simple fact is in my personal opinion the biggest problem that the world has right now is not pollution or electric cars or refugees or government spending or whatever those are all things that need to be fixed but in my opinion they are not the biggest problem that we face are those let me put my spin on that sure. those are all problems in the transitory yes. state right those are all problems that are part of the train of issues that can be solved one after another you yes. have to start with a key point and then burn your way through the candle mm-hmm. right and so in my opinion the biggest problem that we have right now in the world is in a word despair yes because any salesman can tell you or saleswoman whatever salesperson any salesperson can tell you that if you believe that you will not get the sale you won't every time meanwhile if you believe that you will get the sale most often you will not every time sometimes you strike out even with your best efforts but more yeah. often than not you will get the sale if you believe that you will get the sale and oh. this principle applies to most things that you can do if you believe that you can start a profitable business you probably can yes well, it's a form of self-meditation. It is also a form of self-hypnosis on a fundamental level of your individual psyche. Mm-hmm. If you make yourself believe without a doubt or with as few doubts as possible, you will be more successful in life because you will be confident. You will be ready to take on that next challenge. Even if you're not ready to take on that next challenge, you're going to try it anyway. Mm-hmm. You might strike out. You might bunt the ball. Mm-hmm. You might hit a grand slam. Or you might just hit a home run. Or you might manage to magically hit the ball and then hit the pitcher in the face with the ball. <laughs> Interesting mixed metaphor. Um... But yes. All baseball terms. Yes, thank you. Here's the thing. I see a lot of people say things like, well, it can't be fixed. We can't fix politics. We can't fix voting rights. We can't fix civil rights. And I'm just like, yeah, with that attitude, it's impossible. Impo- with that attitude, it is impossible. Now, on this very ra- radio program, we have gone through... We have gone through the Constitution. And you know what the Constitution says? That 
the House of Representatives is basically understaffed, according to the Constitution itself right now. Because it's supposed to be every 30,000 citizens gets an additional representative. Representative in the House of Representatives, specifically. Exactly. Right. The House of Representatives has been understaffed for right around 100 years now. And what do you know if we simply went back to the Constitution... We would no longer have an issue with the Electoral College because the Electoral College would no longer be significantly affected by the fact that there are only two senators from each state. No, it would be adjusted for the inflation of the state. The framers of the country realized the country would keep growing! Amazing! It's almost like they had a time machine or something. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. My name's Nicholas Cage. Exactly. <laughs> no, we we have the tools to fix the problem. Nobody wants to take the wrench out, and everyone's trying to use the saw on the leaky pipe. Yes. The simple fact is. The simple fact is, if we all work together, every single person, if we all work together, we might, we might be able to turn this around. We stand a better chance united than we do divided America. Correct. Divided is what the politicians at the top want. Divided is what Joe Biden wants. Divided is what Donald Trump wants. Our presidents so far want the country divided. Because united, there are a lot more of us than there are of them. This and unfortunately, we are underrepresented in we are underrepresented in this nation. We've done a little bit of math and we figured out that the vast majority of the House of Representatives generally have time to talk to the lobbyist and basically nobody else. Correct. So there's been cuts in congressional staffing funds for one. Yep. So unfortunately <coughs> many of these lawmakers are now basically put into a position where they have to rely on the lobbyists to do a lot of the uh, paperwork and writing bills and stuff like that because they don't have enough staff to do it. You're talking about a government where the average person in Congress represents 750,000 people. And I'm sorry, good luck representing the interests of 750,000 people. That's really hard. That No, that's not really hard. That is designed to fail. Correct. We have failed the nation by simply not reading what those that came before us had written down and had already thought through at nausea. Mm-hmm. People, uh, our framers and founders had fights over what direction the nation was supposed to go a hundred years from now. Mm-hmm. They were violently passionate about making sure it was done right 
the first time. And you know what, America? We failed Washington. Mm. Every single one of us have failed this nation unequivocally. Good job, America. You failed the nation. You failed yourselves. You failed your kids. You are all objective failures for allowing this asinine, petty, childish behavior to go on in Washington as long as it has. Why aren't more people standing up and saying, we're tired of this. We're tired of seeing our politicians fail us at every single turn. We're tired of the world saying that we have failed the world unequivocally. Evil will rise in this world and it will consume the world if we do not pull our collective you-know-what together and figure out these issues. We are supposed to be the beacon of freedom for the world. And you know what? We have failed. Everybody. I want you to ask yourself, okay? I want you to ask yourself to look at where America was, say, 50 years ago versus today. And ask yourself, would you say that the average American person has more freedom or less freedom since, let's say, the, uh, the, the uh, Patriot Act, for example? Did, Failure. Did, did the Patriot Act give us more freedom? Less freedom. Correct. And I want you to think about all of the people, all of the people in the world who live in countries not located in places like Western Europe, America, Japan, Australia, you know, places that have governments that are oppressive, okay? I want you to think about these people that live in these places where their government is oppressive. And they look to the U.S. and they say, well, the U.S. is supposed to be a place of freedom and equality and, you know, brotherly love, you know, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. There's a reason why it's called that. And the simple fact is that if I were a person living in, you know, whatever, North Korea, China, Russia, whatever, one of these really severely oppressive countries, and I was looking at America, I would say, wow, this, this is what we're supposed to aspire to. This? Are you kidding me? Why? That, looking from my perspective especially based on the perspective of history, what I say is America has already fallen into autocracy. Yes. Let, let, me, let me be clear, my friends, because it, it, it would be foolish to mince words on this important of a topic, okay? In my opinion, we have already moved without anyone even batting an eye, we have moved from a republic to an empire. The same way that the Roman Republic moved from Roman Republic to Roman Empire. And it happened while we were focused on things that were completely unimportant. Like, oh, I want the blue team in the White House. I want the red team in the White House. Uh, guys... They're the same team. Open your eyes, okay? 
if we, the people, are fighting each other, then that means that the people at the top win. Correct. You are more likely today to get reelected to Congress than at any point in our nation's history. You also have the lowest approval rating for Congress that there has ever been. Why? If you are looking at where our country is right now and you don't like where it's going, okay? There are some excellent places to go. If you are a person who tends to be more blue, you can go to places like Run for Something. That is a website and a community where you can be a uh, where you can learn from other people who have run for office. I'm, there's plenty of ones on the red side of the aisle as well. Um, there's ones I don't remember the name of it, but there's one that um, uh, there's one where they. Um, uh, they help you to go through the legal system, do something like, you know, get your law degree, become a judge, become a mayor. Like, they, they, build, your, they build up the bench of judges for, uh, for the conservative side of the aisle. And, you know, I may not agree with some of the politics, but that is a good system for bringing people in and training them on how to do the job. Correct. And the simple fact is, if you, one, would like a steady, exceptionally well-paying job, and two, don't like what's happening to our country, uh, how about you take an example from us and run for office? And that is my soapbox for the day.